0: Good morning again. I guess I'm a busy guy today. Um, You're probably wondering why I brought kitty litter to church. It's not kitty litter. There are no Legos in here either this time. Um, And actually you're probably wondering why we were reading Acts 19 instead of Acts 18 and why I'm preaching today instead of Daryl. Daryl was pretty sick earlier this week. And uh, he's doing better now, but we traded. So you're going to hear about Acts 18 next week. And uh, we're going to skip to Acts, we're skipping to Acts 19 today. So uh, as as we read through the those accounts uh, just now, um, the theme today is going to be about power and about fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And... Uh, you know, it, it made me think, uh, we're getting ready for school. We've been doing some things all summer. And uh, if we can see the next slide. Uh, we, One of the things we did, and some ladies have been working on this, is to change the computer copier room into a dedicated preschool room up there. And it looks amazing. Uh, I think that's Letty Bradford's mom painted painted that. Uh, but it's really cool, and one of the things that we needed to do was get rid of an old chalkboard and uh, t- take it down to put up a whiteboard instead. And uh, so that w- that was my job. And they asked me one day while I was down there, and I had a screwdriver, uh, and I and this thing has been on the wall for 30 years uh, into the studs with long screws. So I thought, well, I could go up to my house and get the power, power dr- drill, or I I could try with the uh, I could save myself a trip and try with the manual screwdriver, and uh, I worked on the first one and a couple of really hard turns and not a, not too much progress, and I was like, I think it'll be worth the trip to go get go get the uh, cordless drill and put the bit in there, and uh, you know. Zip, 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 and it was taken care of. And so, you know, it just, it just made me think, there are times when power makes, power beyond your own power makes things a lot easier. In fact, makes things possible that would be impossible for you. And uh, that's, that's kind of what we're looking at today. Uh, in Acts chapter 19 as we look at the accounts in that chapter we just heard there's a common theme that runs through the chapter and I think that's power and uh, different kinds of power in there there was power to witness effectively right and uh, there was a kind of power of evil spir- that evil spirits had over people and, which actually that power is still around today it's just that our type of society in the West kind of kind of ignores that. Um, there's God's greater power to cast demons out, and we see that. Uh, there's power in magic arts. It's, it's a kind of power. It doesn't compare to the power of God, but it is a power. There is power to change people's lives and to get them to turn away from evil. Now, aren't there times when you just felt like, I want to see lives changed, but you feel kind of powerless to do it, right? Like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, right? And uh, But we see that in the chapter. We see also in Ephesus, the city of Ephesus was a center. We see religious power. We see economic power. We see economic power threatened. We see political power. Ephesus was a very important re- City in the Roman Empire. Um, we also see how that life-changing power of the gospel, affecting many people, threatened those worldly kind of kind of powers in Ephesus. Uh, we see the power of stirring up social unrest in a large group of people. We've kind of seen some of that in our own country in the last couple of years, and uh, and how it threatens because it's being threatened by the kingdom of God. And uh, we also see, though, then the power that calms that down and protects those who have, are being threatened by it. So, to me, it seems very appropriate that at the beginning of the chapter, when Paul and his friends came to, first came to Ephesus and they found a group of disciples, it doesn't say what kind of disciples Exactly they were, but a group of disciples. The first question, the immediate question he asked them is this one. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Like, the Holy Spirit is not something that the New Testament believers played down. Uh, It was his first question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And uh, so... To, f- to follow Jesus' call in our lives, we need a power much greater than our own for all aspects of life. Like w- um, uh, we think about the, uh, the staff dedication for school, yeah. that, for teachers that we had this morning. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't know about the other teachers and thinking about the task that is ahead of them. But for me, when I started listing all the things I'm teaching, I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> but, I mean, <clears throat> actually, probably the one who does the most is Kathy, I have to say that. But um, uh, and, and some of all of you. Like, we all have different things. And it's not just like what we do when we go to work that we need power to do. But it's also just in our marriages or in our relationships with our children and parenting or even just in, in living as a Christian, living to please God. Um, I, I could go on and on. All aspects of life, we just need a power greater than what we've got. And if we think we've got it, <laughs> we're kidding ourselves. Or otherwise, our vision of what God wants to accomplish through us is way too small. Because he's always calling us to accomplish things that are much bigger than what we could do on our own. But that's why this question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, is so important. And, uh, you know, we, we have gifts and abilities, but they're limited compared to what we're asked to do and the task that's before us. So we do have something. But we are like, we're kind of like the, the bit, the screwdriver bit, I mean, it's something. And if you wanted to do a job with it, with a lot of work, you might be able to do it, but you wouldn't be able to do all the, all the jobs you wanted to, right? It's, it's kind of like um, like that. It'll work, but it sure works a lot better when it's attached to the drill with a battery pack with it, right? And uh, if you think of what Daryl said this morning, our, our ship, like a ship, our ship has sails, but if there's no wind to blow in them, it's not going to go anywhere, right? And we'll be at, <laughs> if we try to row it, I don't know if anybody's rowed across the ocean or not, but uh, that's, we, we need wind in our sails. Uh, we need the Holy Spirit's wind blowing in our sails. Jesus said, we are a branch, but we need to be connected to him, the vine, amen? to give us life in order that we would bear fruit. This is what Paul wrote to the believers in Rome, in Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 8. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, capital S, that means the Holy Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, that's a question, right? Does the Holy Spirit dwell in you? But here's the answer. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. In other words, if Christ is in you, you have the Holy Spirit. And he he goes on, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And so, you know, that's, that's starting with if. But when it's talking to believers, it's an assumption, but you do have the spirit. And, you know, it says that that spirit that raised Christ from the dead, resurrection power, that kind of power will also give life to your mortal bodies. Now, you could say, well, that's that's talking about when I die, I'll be resurrected and go to heaven and be with him. And that's true, but I don't think that's all it is talking about. Um, That spirit that lives in us now is giving life to our mortal bodies, our human strength, our gifts and abilities we were born with, to accomplish what God has called us to do here on earth. Uh, So in other words, yes, eternal life, there is resurrection, but we are born again now. We are made new now. We are empowered by that same spirit now. And he dwells in us. Are we aware of that? Do we think about that? Like, he dwells in us. And I know we know that, but think about the implications of the fact that Almighty God, by his Spirit, is dwelling in us. So, uh, Paul asked those disciples in Ephesus if they had received the Holy Spirit. And he found out they hadn't even heard there was a Holy Spirit. He asked some more questions, and basically he's getting at, have you been baptized into faith in Jesus? And it turns out they hadn't. They'd, been ba- they'd heard John's, John the Baptist's message, and they had repented and been baptized, like John the Baptist had asked had people do. And so they were baptized into Jesus. Um, so here's number one: you can't have the Holy Spirit unless you have repented and given your life to Jesus and put your faith in Jesus and been born again, right? So, so that's one thing. I mean, we see in the story these seven sons of Sceva, these. Some kind of Jewish uh, priests who were who were going around and trying to exorcise demons, uh, but they didn't have faith in Jesus, and uh, we saw that 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 wasn't effective. They had no authority. They had no power, uh, and they were they ended up getting beaten up. Um, but. So, so you, you can't have the power of the Holy Spirit without Jesus. And so anybody here this morning, uh, the first thing is to give your life to Jesus and be born again. But you can't be born again without the Holy Spirit. He's the one who does that, right? And so uh, the question for us this morning, I think, is, is uh, are we walking with the Holy Spirit? Are we walking with him in power and fellowship? Um, you know, so so in there, being baptized with water is is a natural response to faith in Jesus, right? And so, if if anybody here has faith in Jesus and they have not been baptized, I encourage you. That's that's the normal response. We see that in Scripture, like people believe, uh, we better baptize them. You know, it wasn't. We'll give you a six-week course, or wait until you—you uh, know—you've proved yourself, and then be baptized. But uh, baptism follows that, and uh, be filled with the Spirit. It's a—it's a, it's a packaged deal, like they all go together. And uh, in Acts two, Peter said this. He said to the crowd, "Repent." and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will, and that's a promise there, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And uh, so as the Holy Spirit is in us, as God promised, we should live and walk by the Spirit. So just like the screwdriver or the ship or the branch, uh, we have a role in this cooperative effort between us and the Holy Spirit in living our lives. Uh, Daryl likes to say this one. You remember this? It's a team effort. We supply the weakness. Of course, that means God supplies the strength, right? Uh, But it is a cooperative effort. In other words, uh, the the screwdriver bit, the sail, the branch, can't do anything on their own. And really, the electric drill, the wind, and the vine, they don't have anything to empower to do the job. uh, But functioning together, all of those things do great things. And it's the same with us and the Holy Spirit. It's a cooperative effort. It's amazing that God has chosen to do things that way, to involve us in that way. Um, It reminds me of the story of Jesus where he fed the 5,000. The boy gave his lunch. And Jesus multiplied it to feed thousands of people, right? But he started with the boy giving what he had. Uh, Look at the disciples. The disciples were not, didn't seem to be especially exceptional people before they met the Lord. And uh, we see in the Gospels how they repeatedly showed their weakness, even leaving Jesus after they'd been with him for three years, and Peter denying him three times. And yet the Holy Spirit empowered them to change the world, really turn the world upside down. Not just them, but starting with them, right? And he's still doing that today. And that's still the way he works with us. It's a team effort. But we should say this, that uh, how do we understand the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is not just like uh, the force in Star Wars. Okay, it's, the Holy Spirit is not oil. The Holy, Holy Spirit is not a bird. Sometimes we have, The Holy Spirit is not like the electricity that we plug into the outlet in the wall. He is not impersonal. He is a person, just like God the Father and Jesus are persons in the Godhead. He lives in us, and we are meant to walk with him in daily fellowship. In other words, he doesn't live in us to to just function in the background like an operating system. He's a person. And, and so he's dwelling in us. Think about the names he's called. He's called Comforter. He's called uh, Counselor. All right. it's, it, the image is like somebody who's more powerful and knows more than you, who loves you, who cares about you, who is a close friend. You know, in Proverbs, it talks about there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And I would suggest that the Holy Spirit is the greatest manifestation of that truth that there is, right? Um, And as we walk with him in daily fellowship, he does things. He will give life to our mortal bodies. He will produce the fruit of the Spirit. What is that? Love. Help me out. Love, joy, peace, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He's going to produce all those things in us. Uh, He's going to empower us to obey Jesus. He's going to empower us to be witnesses. He will empower us to work supernatural gifts and healings. He'll give us wisdom beyond what we could have on our own. He will give us words to say He will give us righteousness. He will give us peace. He will give us joy. These are all things in the scripture that says the Holy Spirit works in us as we walk in fellowship with him. Most of us are familiar with this blessing uh, that Paul gives at the end of the book, uh, the letter to the Corinthians. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's not just something that triggers your appetite because you know the service is ending. (laughs) That's the traditional liturgical blessing. It's good. But just think about what what he's saying. We know what grace, grace is favor and love that you don't deserve from God, right? It says the grace of Jesus Christ, Uh, the love of God. We think of God the Father and how he guides us, how he provides the things we need, Right? The love of God. What does it say about the Holy Spirit? The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. What is fellowship? Well, I looked it up and in the Greek, and it says the word for fellowship means a partnership, um, community, sharing in common. And we think about when we, have, we use the word fellowship with the church, right? What do we do? Well, we're going to have some fellowship tomorrow night. We're going to play volleyball. We have we had fellowship last Sunday. We ate together, okay. When you fellowship, you talk about your lives and and uh, how you're doing. You have fun together. You communicate. You pray for each other. You encourage each other, right? You do things that friends and family would do for one another. That's fellowship. Um, that's what it says the Holy Spirit is to us. So that's far from an impersonal force or or power he does have power he is doing things behind the scenes that we're not aware of that's true about the holy spirit but it's also meant to be a partnership someone to walk with us when you are alone when you are discouraged when you are depressed when you are afraid when you feel angry and upset he's right there with you when you need to say things and you don't know if you're able to say the right words he is right there and you know what He has the right words. He has whatever it is we need, and he's the one who works all that in us. And so when we're just, you know, we're studying the Book of Acts, and we were studying about Pentecost earlier this year, and it might seem, wow, you're talking about the Holy Spirit a lot. Well, (laughs) the Holy Spirit is so important. I mean, Jesus coming and dying on the cross and rising again was the focus of the scriptures. Of everything in history to that point but it would be incomplete if it did not culminate in us being filled with the Holy Spirit because um, God living in us changes us like it's not about just being a free ticket to heaven it's about changing our lives and helping us to walk in a calling and it's a calling here on earth, but it's also an eternal calling. Like, we have been called to a responsibility much greater than we often think we have, right? I mean, I know we're in, we understand our responsibilities, but who we were created to be is not poor, miserable sinners. And that's what we were, but God, God means to change that. Like, we're not just walking around earth as poor, miserable sinners waiting to, to go to heaven, We've got a calling. Each of us has a different kind of calling, but we're all extremely significant. And we can't do it without the Holy Spirit. So the question I think, to, as I was praying that the Lord would ask us today, because I know you've all heard of the Holy Spirit. Are you, and I think all of us, if not most most of us, but not all of us have the Holy Spirit. We, are, we have the Holy Spirit in us. You, we can't be saved without... The Holy Spirit. But are you being daily filled with my Holy Spirit? In other words, are we are we walking in fellowship with Him and being filled with Him each day? It's an ongoing active relationship with Him. There's a, a pastor named pastor vlad savchuk i think he's from ukraine and I, i've listened to a number of his sermons on the internet he he talks of, compared learning to walk in fellowship with the holy spirit as your legs when you were a baby and kathy pointed this out i'm not i'm not trying to offend anybody who has trouble walking okay so that's but here here's what he says about your legs You didn't earn them, right? You didn't work for them. You didn't apply for them. And you didn't deserve them. At your birth, you were born with legs. At the same time at your birth, you didn't walk out from your mother's womb. You got dragged out. And nobody in this room walked from the hospital to their home. You got carried from the hospital to the home. Why? Because these legs, though they came at birth, Using them didn't come at birth. Walking with them did not come at birth. It took time. It took falling. It took exercise. It took looking at other tall people who walk and say, man, that's possible. I don't have to crawl. I don't have to be dragged. I don't have to be carried. I can actually walk. Some of us, he goes on to say this. Some of us have the Holy Spirit in a way, and we're not trying to accuse anybody or anything, right? Speaking to myself the same, same way. Some of us have the Holy Spirit in the same way a lame man had his legs. We have them. We're aware of them. It's just that we don't know what to do with them, right? And actually, you know what? If you don't know what to do with something, there's no shame in that. There's no shame in a baby or a one-year-old who can't walk, right? But there would be shame. <laughs> the shame would be to go through your life and never learn to use them, right? If they were healthy. And so um, that is that is what God is encouraging us to do is to learn, and we're all learning, even the most experienced and the oldest of us in the faith is still learning how to walk in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And the goal is what we see Jesus doing. Because Jesus, yes, he was the Son of God, but he lived as a, hum- a real man filled with the Holy Spirit. And he was led and walked in fellowship with the Holy Spirit to do all the things that he did when he was on earth. And he's, he's the one that we look at and say, we want to grow and be like, like he is, like he was when he lived on earth. Um, so I just this morning I want to look at some ways how can we walk in fellowship with the Holy Spirit and the first one is pray in the Spirit Ephesians 6 starting at verse 16 says in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. Okay, so first I hear in there, it says the sword of the spirit. So that's the word of God, the Bible. So uh, you, can't, you can't walk in fellowship with the Holy Spirit without reading your Bible and hearing the word preached, right? Or however you intake the Bible, like we need—that's His Word. We—it's our responsibility to know it, right? Um, now, so, so you can't have the Spirit and ignore the Bible. Having said that, uh, s- some places of the church today, I've heard somebody say, uh, "We have a new Trinity. It's it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Scriptures instead of the whole." They've replaced the Holy Spirit, and that did not. God did not do that, right? The scriptures are very important. We've got them in our creed because they're important to us, but they don't replace the Holy Spirit. Um, that we, we uh, I, I just feel like the gift of the Holy Spirit, what we see in the scripture is an enhanced ability to communicate with God. That God helps us to pray. The Holy Spirit prays through us. Spirit um, Spirit enabled, Spirit powered, spirit-led prayer. It says we don't know what to pray, but the spirit helps us in our weakness. And that could be praying in tongues, and that's a very powerful thing that I feel like is available to every believer um, as we as we seek it. But it also could be just the Spirit leading and guiding us what to pray in any in our in our own language. Um, that we need the Holy Spirit. But the other part of communication is hearing back from God. And Jesus definitely promised that. It, he said, um, I think I'll read this scripture a little bit later, but he, he said, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when the Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. And so he's going to speak. And what we heard Dave say last week? He was talking about listening to the Holy Spirit is an important thing. It is. It is. Because he will, speak to, uh, he will speak to us as we're reading the Scripture, for sure. And He will speak to us as we're listening to good preaching, yes. But He will speak to us in any, any and every situation as we're paying attention to what He's saying and doing at any moment of our day um so pray in the spirit another thing to praise and worship him just to worship and and praise and sing whether it's in song or in words or just in our thoughts uh is an important way of walking in fellowship with the spirit psalm 30 verse 4 says sing praises of the lord you his faithful people praise his holy name in Psalm 33, 1, it says, Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. So praising and worship God as is a, is a daily habit, as, as, as just a, a normal routine, is fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Talk to the Spirit. Pour out your heart to him. If he is that close friend, then you can come to him with everything, no matter how you're feeling, no matter what your need is. Psalm 62 says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Selah means meditate on it. Think about it. Um, So we we see a kind of communication where we can be pouring out our hearts to him. We can also just be waiting in silence and saying, what are you saying? Or um, work in my heart, even though I, I have no words right now. Another way to fellowship, to grow in fellowship with the Holy Spirit is to remember that he's with you. And so treat him with honor. Don't grieve him. It's interesting that the, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Now, I think that's really good. What, what it's saying to me is, like, my behavior, my, the, some of the thoughts I have or some of the things I say That are sinful, uh, they're not causing him to leave me. In other words, I mean, when I sin, and I assume you guys do too sometimes, that when I sin, he doesn't just leave me. I would think he would have the right to, okay? Because here I am in this body and it's called the temple of the Holy Spirit. And yet, um, when i when i sin he he doesn't leave me now he he convicts me to repent he's he's always working in me it does say that he he can be grieved right i can grieve him but the good news is he's grieved but he hasn't left you know what i mean and uh, but we we want to learn like remember that he is there and so we don't want he empowers us so that we walk in relationship. it's just kind of like uh, kind of like being married or and uh, any other close relationship you have with somebody like you can grieve them right, and what do you do when you grieve when you grieve them <laughs> uh, you make it right, like you come back and you communicate, you apologize, you forgive right and and you work to restore that relationship and uh so Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Treat him with honor. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 tells us some ways that we can treat the Holy Spirit with honor. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. But test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Ephesians, in Ephesians 4, it also talks to us about how we can keep from grieving the Holy Spirit. It says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So in the middle of that, it says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Well, what is it that we do not to grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, I look at the context there and I see what's before and after. And it's talking about, the way we speak violently, wickedly, disrespectfully, angrily, uh, wrongly towards our brothers and sisters grieves the Holy Spirit. And uh, so he's like, uh, don't grieve the Holy Spirit because he's the one who has sealed you for the day of redemption. Another way to walk with the Holy Spirit in fellowship is to meditate on him and his word. Meditate means think about deeply and listen. Psalm 119.15, he says, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. Precepts means his laws. His ways is what's right and wrong, the way God works and what's good in in his eyes. Psalm 48.9, within your temple, O God, we meditate on your unfailing love. Like, who is he? Remember, God is love. I mean, so, there's so much temptation. I think it's from the, the enemy to think that God really doesn't love us. Like, the, the more I know the Lord, the longer I've known the Lord, the more amazed I am that he keeps saying how he loves me. That He hasn't, he's not leaving me. He's not happy with everything I think and say and do, but he loves me all the time. Meditate on that. Conversely, in Psalm 10, it says this about a wicked person. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him, does not seek God. In all his thoughts, this is profound, in all his thoughts, there is no room for God. And I think, in my thoughts every day, how much room do I leave for God? How much room do I have for God? Just being aware of His presence, walking with Him. Finally, uh, another thing that we can do to walk with the Spirit is to seek His truth and advice, so that we may obey it. Okay. So first of all, He does speak, right? He is a God who speaks. He's not. He's not a God who became silent. That's, that's not nice for a human. Why would God be that way, right? I mean, I, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm, I can be a quiet person, right? I'm not talking about that. But a God who refuses to speak, he's not like that. He speaks, okay? Is it important that we discern whether it's him or something or someone else? Yes, it is, right? But should we avoid trying to listen to him because we might make a mistake? No. No. No, we can grow in these things because Jesus said, my sheep do hear my voice and they follow me. John 16, in John 16, verse 13, Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Jesus is very clearly saying that there are things that the Holy Spirit will communicate to us and that's a big part of his purpose. He will speak. He will declare to you. John 14, 23. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. So one key about fellowship with the Holy Spirit. is the intent to obey what He says. So another thing Dave talked about last last week that Debbie led us in singing about this morning is just submitting to Him, wanting, being willing to obey Him. And you know, when I say that, I think, with trepidation, I say that, God, I want to obey you. um, Because And I pray, God, help me to want to obey you because sometimes I'm afraid that the things he's going to ask me to do are things that I don't want to do, right? But God, help me. I want to obey you. Help me to do that. And you know, there's a verse that says, it is God who works in you both to will and to do what pleases him. Amen. That's a good promise. So in what ways do we see that the, the Spirit was empowering Paul and the believers in Ephesus, as, you know, I think Paul walked with in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And just, just some examples. And as I read through these, uh, think about, do we need power for these things? And I think we'll find we do, okay? So first of all, we saw that they, they were pers- persistently reasoning and persuading people about the kingdom of God, it said and that, so that after 2 years all the residents of Asia hear the word of the Lord both the Jews and the Greeks isn't that amazing and you think i i sometimes feel like like i don't know if i'm afraid to share the gospel not because i'm ashamed of Jesus but because i'm not sure it'll do any good like that they will re, how they will respond but but they it said persist. They kept on reasoning, like for two years. And so, um, one of the things the Holy Spirit helps us to do is actually just that word reasoning is to to have discussion about, to actually, uh, you know, not in anger fight with people about the gospel and whether what's true or not, but to reason and discuss. There is an anointing of the Holy Spirit that helps us to share the gospel and reason with people about the truth of Jesus. And that's an important part. And we see Paul doing that a lot. Now, Paul did perform miracles and things like that, but they worked together, right? That was a part of it. But wouldn't we like to see that all the residents of Jefferson County heard the word of the Lord? Paul did extraordinary miracles, healings, and cast out demons from people such that fear came upon all the residents of Ephesus and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. Can we expect this? Again, substitute like the St. Louis area, the United States into this. Um, You know, that fear came upon all the residents of, you fill in the blank of the place and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. This is, the, again, the difference between the manual screwdriver and the power tool, right? Like, we need the power of God, the wind in our sails. Another thing, many new believers came and confessed their evil practices and burned their magic books. And to see, to see that kind of conviction come upon people is a work of the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord it says, continue to increase and prevail mightily." What is that that phrase? the word "Would you like to see the word of the Lord prevail mightily in your situation in the, in the society, the place that we live? We see that Paul is bold, bold enough to want the opportunity to address a crowd. I think that it said that that, that place held. 25,000 people, that theater. And Paul is bold enough to want to go in and address that hostile crowd. That's the Holy Spirit in him. And finally, they successfully withstood persecution because of the gospel. And like it or not, that's, that's something that the Bible says that we as Christians are going to face, either on large scale or small scale. And so um, we may have a different calling than Paul. But we are all called and want to be just as impactful in our walk with the Lord and our service to Him as we read in chapter 19 today. And uh, we want to live victoriously. We want to see lives changed. We want to see our society changed by the power of God. Well, He's calling us each to walk in daily fellowship with the Holy Spirit that God has given us. And just to... To close, I just want to. Um, I'm just going to read just a review uh, as I was praying. Is kind of what the what I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to me to talk about this week. And so it's just kind of a review. But it, this is what I felt like the Lord was saying. How blessed are those who are filled with My Spirit? They are empowered to do My will, to advance My kingdom in the earth. Are you being daily filled with My Holy Spirit? Do you know how to walk in the fellowship of the Spirit? Being filled with the Spirit is a relationship with Him, an ongoing active one. Do you pray in the Spirit? Do you talk to the Spirit? Do you listen to Him? Do you praise and worship Him? Do you pour out your heart to Him? Do you seek His truth and advice that you may obey it? He is your guide, your comforter, your counselor, the wind in your sails. He is the power in your tools. He is your very life. All new life comes from Him, and all miracles come through Him. Fruit is born through Him and abiding in Him. Do you fellowship with the Holy Spirit? His power is greater than the powers of the world and the powers of darkness. The Spirit brings change and growth in your life and the lives of others. Welcome, my Spirit. Give Him room in your thoughts. Do not grieve him, but honor him. He will not leave you, but he can be grieved just as a friend or loved one can, by your words, attitudes, and behavior. Be united in love with my spirit. Walk with him and see my power at work within and around you. I think that that's, that's what I felt like God was saying to me as I was preparing for this sermon. and this, That's God's heart towards us. So uh, let's, let's pray. Father, we give you thanks for your love for us. We thank you for the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the love of you you have for us, Father. And we thank you for the gift, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Lord, um, I repent uh, for too many times walking around without awareness of your presence with me. Lord, we want to be more aware of your Spirit's presence in our hearts, in our lives. Lord, we yield ourselves to you to be willing to obey what the way you lead us. You are a good <clears throat> shepherd. Lord, we need the power of your Spirit in so many ways. And so today we offer ourselves to you as your servants, as as your children. We are uh, the temple of your Holy Spirit. Come and fill, fill us. Help us to honor you. Help us to obey you. Help us to love you. Help us to be very bold and confident in you. To more deeply know your love, to have your wisdom, to produce your fruit in our character, in our lives as we go about each day no matter what we're doing, whether it seemed big or small, that we would walk in fellowship with you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for dwelling in us. We love you and we offer ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen.